I'm AC. Join me to slow down and tune in with the depths of the soul, crafting new rhythms to help us move through the messiness of life and faith. Episode 3, Exploring Stuck Spaces and Spiritual Formation. In these few minutes together, we'll consider ways we can explore the spaces in our lives where we feel stuck, especially as it relates to our spirituality. These tend to be the spaces where we can pour the most shame on ourselves, feeling like something is wrong with us because we can't quite seem to master a spiritual discipline or get it together in some way that feels simple on paper. With the curiosity we talked about in the last episode, we're going to think about these spaces from a unique perspective, considering what might be going on beneath the surface to create internal tension or blocks that seem to get in our way when we try to get unstuck. Let's start with a nice deep breath and a little story. Give yourself a moment here to place your hand over your heart or maybe over your neck or shoulders if that's where you're carrying tension or stress. And take the deepest breath you've taken all week. Really letting yourself exhale and just exist for a moment. And now to our story, throughout which you're welcome to continue some nice mindful breathing. Fun fact, our breath is an access point into our autonomic nervous system like none other. We can't just will things like our heart rate or blood pressure to shift, but we can slow down our breath and slow down our exhales. And these things send cues to our nervous system that we have the space and the safety to anchor into a calm state. Now, I do want to say for some people, depending on what we've experienced in life, a calm state actually doesn't feel safe. And so deep breathing doesn't always feel safe to the body. Making breathing exercises actually feel stressful or overwhelming. And I say this because there's nothing more frustrating than feeling stressed and being invited to take a deep breath and then having that breath stress you out even more. So if this is something you're experiencing, as I encourage deep breathing, please don't feel pressure to force your system to breathe in a certain way. You can just be curious about how your body responds to the invitation to take a deep breath. All right, now that my ADHD is back on track, let's get to that story. A few months ago, I was going to a soul care retreat. I was so excited for space to disconnect from life and work, for space to tend to weary parts of my soul that I've been dragging along through an exceptionally stressful season. I had been noticing in that season that a part of me was angry, specifically angry at God, and I thought the retreat would be a great time to try and focus on that and hopefully come out the other side without a part of me that was angry with God. And leading up to the retreat, it had just been hard to engage with God at a a real soul level, whether at church or by myself, journaling or in prayer. It just felt like this angry part of me blocked any kind of spiritual formation I was wanting to engage in. Now, initially, I honestly wasn't curious about this. Without realizing it, I was just judging and shaming myself, telling myself that something was wrong with me and I needed to deal with the anger I was feeling 
somehow get rid of it so it wouldn't be a problem anymore. So that it wouldn't get in the way of things like peaceful prayer or a nice slow moving devotional. So off I went to the mountains, excited to come out the other side without this anger and hopefully feeling a sweet peace and connectedness with God. And the leaders of this retreat were wonderfully kind and wise women who emphasized being curious about any part of us that came into the weekend with an agenda, which quickly ruined the agenda that I came in with. As I tried to focus on the part of me that was angry, I realized that the angry part of me was incredibly guarded and not willing to budge or engage. My honest gut reaction was frustration with myself, thinking about how much money I'd paid to be at this retreat and that I would not be wasting my time there. Like an exhausted parent going toe to toe with a fierce teenager, my gut instinct was to push back, thinking, no way. I didn't drive out here just to feel more stuck. Not my best look, I know. The agenda I had to deal with that anger was in no way curious or compassionate. And really, I wasn't even looking to collaborate with God. I was just trying to get rid of that anger on my own, move out of what felt like a frustrating stuck space. And I was assuming that was the best spiritual move I could make. The problem was, without curiosity or compassion or really slowing down to consider how God might want to tend to what was happening inside, I was actually leading the charge with a judgmental and reactive part of me, a part of me that was activated by the fear that the anger I was feeling wasn't acceptable, that I didn't have permission to feel that before God or before other Christians. And in the fear of wondering how people would perceive me if they really knew or saw that anger, I was reactively just trying to get rid of it before it would become a noticeable problem. Now, let's pause and go back to those nervous system states I've mentioned in previous episodes to see how they're at play here. Going into the retreat, I was longing for a sense of calm and safety the most grounded and present state that we can be in. I was wanting to experience this in general, and especially when pressing into spiritual formation, wanting that sense of peace as I prayed or as I engaged with other Christians. When I thought about retreating to a lakeside mountain cabin away from the stress of work and life, I could almost feel my body start to swoon into a calmer state associating that kind of place with relaxation, space for nice deep breaths, and the time to really exhale and feel anchored rather than feeling helplessly caught up in the stressors of day-to-day life. So I wasn't really experiencing that calm all that much, and it's what I was longing for. It's what I thought the angry part of me was blocking me from experiencing, and that's why I wanted to get rid of that anger. I viewed it as a problem standing in the way of that common peace that I craved. In contrast to this, I'd been spending a lot of time in a stress state. The months leading up to the retreat had included some of the most stressful and honestly traumatizing experiences I've walked through as a mental health professional. And my nervous system and body were shot. 
I was exhausted and hardly had enough energy to go from one session to the next, barely piecing together the capacity I needed week by week. This left me oscillating between two main nervous system states. In one, I felt the activation of stress, the frenzy of frustration. In the other, when that stress would become too much, I felt overwhelmed and shut down. Going between these two, it had become increasingly difficult to really slow down in quiet spaces. Whether I was wanting to pray or spend time with God or not, my system was charged by the stress of work and couldn't quite calm down fully. And even when I'd feel like I might be able to nearly calm down, if I'd feel any ounce of that anger pop up inside, it would be like this huge barrier that frustrated me and swept me away from any sense of peace I was starting to feel, leaving me feeling entirely stuck. And the more stuck I felt, the more overwhelmed and defeated I became, feeling like there was no way I could really recover and reset to move through my days from a more grounded space. It was like my soul would collapse, give up, go numb, moving from anger to just being done. Now, I don't know about you, but feeling stuck in frustration, anger, or just being entirely done I don't find that these are the most peaceful or anchored places to be in. And in these spaces, I don't tend to see God's presence or compassion with me. Instead, my perspective is shaped by the activation of stress, frustration, or reactivity inside of me. Or my perspective is shut down because my system is overwhelmed and disconnected from the present. I say all these things to paint a picture of why getting in touch with our nervous system states, knowing where we are at an autonomic level and approaching that with curiosity can be so helpful. If we know that our starting point is one of frustration, stress, reactivity, shutdown, overwhelm, numbness, our entire embodied being anchored in the depths of our nervous system, will be impacted by that state, which means our perspective, how we see ourselves, how we see the world around us, other people, God, our viewpoint will also be impacted by the state that we're in. We see this all over the Psalms, and I love the spaciousness there is in these ancient texts to cry out, naming distress, loss of appetite, betrayal from a friend, panic, depression, and in naming these things, we can see the dynamic between the psalmist and God are not one simple thing. Sometimes there's gratitude and joy. Other times there's bitter grief that doesn't see God anywhere, asking how long God's face will be hidden. Many times there's a complex mixture of emotions and relational dynamics at play. What we see in these texts is that the psalms hold space for the complex messiness of being human. And in doing so, they hold space for different perspectives that stem from places of distress, panic, overwhelm, joy, security. They hold space for these different perspectives to be dynamic, not just a simple cut and dry formula. 
But the movement from one to another, the orchestra of more than one perspective, emotion, or experience at once, these things all really give us a beautifully freeing anthropology, an understanding of being human that breaks open the spiritual shame and shoulds we bury ourselves in. Now, I could talk about this all day, so I'll pause myself and take a nice deep breath. For now, let's get back to the retreat where a frustrated part of me was going toe-to-toe with an angry part of me. A stuck space where I was gridlocked, not slowing down, not getting curious, until two compassionate retreat leaders offered an invitation to let go of any agenda I had come into the weekend with. And I sat still with the anger I felt inside. Without my agenda, I could immediately sense relief in knowing that my frustration wasn't trying to yank the anger away. I quickly realized that the anger I sensed was deeply guarding pain. My therapist brain knew this made sense. We protect vulnerable emotions with things like anger. But my most present self in that moment wasn't wearing a therapist's hat. I was simply being with that anger inside, realizing that the angry depth of my soul felt threatened by the frustrated, reactive version of me that was trying to rip the anger away. It wasn't until I sat with that anger, not viewing it as a problem, not viewing it as something I should be ashamed of, but simply accepting it as it was in that moment, embodying God's compassionate and patient kindness, that the reactive stress in my body started to subside. And once the tension and rigidity of reactivity started to release, my perspective shifted, helping me see the pain beneath that anger so clearly. And rather than viewing a not-so-pretty emotion as a problem, I could see the wounds that needed care, the depths of my soul that longed to invite God to tend to them, that needed God's patience and mercy, rather than my spiritualized shame and judgment. I could see that this angry part of me didn't have poor theology, and that the anger it felt was not a problem in God's eyes. The very moment I stopped rushing at this stuck space with frustration or disconnecting from it and being done or numb was the very moment that created space and breathing room to be grounded, present, and curious with this stuck space for just moments unlocked what had been gridlocked for months. Now, this is just one story and one example of how our perspective on a stuck space can shift when we slow down and get curious. When we consider how nervous system states fuel or paralyze our embodied beings and get wrapped up in how we're viewing ourselves, others, and God. And before the moments I've described here, I had spent months in the messiness of feeling deeply stuck, pouring shame on myself disconnecting from what felt too overwhelming, longing for peace, not sensing God in the midst of it, and going back to feeling deeply stuck and round and round and round. 
as you've listened to just one sliver of this story here, I'm curious what has resonated with the depths of your soul. Before you transition back into the rest of your day, see what it's like to give yourself a moment to reflect on the following questions. Being with the stuck spaces you can't quite seem to get a handle of or would prefer to keep hidden from others. To start, let yourself simply be curious to ask the question, what kinds of stuck spaces do I long to unlock? Which nervous system states get intertwined with these stuck spaces? States of stress, reactivity, overwhelm, shutdown? What kind of spiritual shame or blame do I find myself getting tangled up in as I try to move out of these stuck spaces? How do I view God when I'm in these stuck spaces? How do I think God views me in these stuck spaces? For today, see what it's like to explore these questions with curiosity. Noticing how curiosity might slow you down and create space to see things from a new perspective. Thanks for joining me. Subscribe and follow to catch more episodes. Until next time.